I'd rather be No place I'd rather be No place I'd rather be Here in your love Here in your love No place I'd rather be No place I'd rather be No place I'd rather be Here in your love That I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, is that your prayer today? Do you just want more of Jesus? Hallelujah, Jesus, we need more and more and more of you. Every single day of our lives, Lord, we need more of you. Had a great weekend at the district men's retreat this past few days. The closing message by Brother Ken Gurley from Texas was about how praise is a weapon that we have. And he took me to a verse that I had read many times, and but I had never quite seen it in this light before. Psalm 149 in verse 6, it says this, it says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. It's talking about the people of God. He said, let the high praises of God be in their mouth mouth the new testament talks about us offering the sacrifice of praise to god continually the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name amen and as we have been here giving thanks and letting the high praises of god be in our mouth i believe that the rest of that verse has begun to manifest the preacher said it like this when you start lifting up high praises of god with your mouth and you start shouting unto the lord and you start blessing the lord and you start giving thanks unto the name of the lord all of a sudden you look down and the rest of that verse begins to be fulfilled that says a two-edged sword in their hand you see when you 
begin to worship the Lord with everything that is within you. You look down and all of a sudden there's a sword in your hand and you're fighting on another level. You're fighting warfare on another level. And the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. Amen. And I, I love the fact that in 2 Chronicles when Jehoshaphat was facing a great host that he said he put the Levites out in front to sing praises unto the Lord. And when the people of God began to sing praises unto the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord set ambushments against them. That means he sent angels out to fight on their behalf. Saints of God, I came to tell you that when you have the high praises of God in your mouth, not only does God put a sword in your hand, but he puts angels beside you to war on your behalf. So I wonder if there's a battle going on in your mind right now. I wonder if there's a battle going on over your family right now. I wonder if there's a battle going on in your spirit right now. Why don't you get some high praises of God? God in your mouth right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, go ahead and use that weapon you've got. That weapon of praise. And the Lord will begin to fight your battles for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like there's victory getting ready to happen. If we'll push just a little bit further in our worship and let the high praises of God really begin to come out of our... Forget about how bad the battle is. Forget about how hard it seems to go against you. And forget about that depression that's in your mind and trying to attack you and torment you. For the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I know some of you came in here burdened down with heaviness today but if you put on the garment of praise for just a little bit that spirit of heaviness will be lifted off of you oh that men would praise God praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. When the Israelites were getting ready to go after Joshua had passed away and finished possessing the, the promised land, they prayed, who shall go up first? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. And Judah means praise. Oh, when we let our praise go first, the Lord fights our battles and we begin to possess territory that we've been meaning to possess, territory that God has promised us. Sometimes the key to possessing your promise is to go ahead and loose your praise. Here's the deal though. Judah didn't go by himself. The Bible says Judah went and he grabbed Simeon, his brother. Simeon means hearing. 
And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, when you begin to praise the Lord and you begin in faith and in, in worship and praise, you begin to go up and possess the land. With You'll get, you'll, you'll get praises, brother, uh, hearing to go with you so you can keep hearing the Lord and your faith begins to rise. I'm come to tell you that faith, nothing, when, when there is a man of God or a woman of God that's got faith, there's nothing that can stop us for all things are possible to him that believes so why don't you praise him until you feel your faith rising a little bit why don't you praise him until you feel faith building up in your spirit right now hallelujah praise him until the doubts begin to go away praise him until the fear begins to subside praise him until the worry begins to fade into the background in the name of Jesus praise him until the circumstances don't seem so bad anymore praise him right now oh hallelujah let the high praises of God be in our mouth in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just, uh, just a little bit longer. There are those uh, that are right on the verge of their breakthrough right now. There are some of you that are right there. Don't, don't pull back now. Don't draw back now. Just go ahead and keep lifting up that voice and praise for just a little bit. Offer up one more, one more 30 seconds of high praise to the Lord right now. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I praise your name. I praise your name. I praise your name. I praise your name. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. I had a word for somebody this morning. God says right now, because of your praise and your worship, I am literally preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I am preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Sit at my table. Sit at my table and feast on my goodness right now. Sit at my table and feast of the encouragement that's in my presence, the fullness of joy that's in my presence. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus, hallelujah. If you receive that, let's just clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. We receive that, Lord, as a word directly from heaven. We will not be dismayed or afraid, Lord. We will move forward, Lord God, in faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here in this place right now. Amen. I'm going to allow you to be seated for just a moment. We've got a special presentation, Sister Maggie is going to come at this time and make this presentation and then we'll move on in our service. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints. God has been good. Amen. So I'm here to present to Brother Valdez someone that our congregation appreciates very much. You mean so much to us. May God bless you. We have a gift for you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Thank you. Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate Brother Valdez so very much. Amen, our Spanish pastor. Over the years, he's worn a lot of hats in our church, and we truly appreciate Brother Valdez. He'll be celebrating his birthday. I'll let you ask him how old he is, because I, I have no idea, but he can tell you or not tell you. It doesn't matter. But, but I believe on Thursday, the 15th, is that correct, Brother Valdez? And so, so happy birthday. We, your church family loves you and appreciates you very much. Amen. 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 Just a couple quick announcements as the ushers are going to prepare and they're going to come. Today at 2 p.m. is our Cornerstones growth class. If you would like to come and just get a better foundation and spend a little bit of time in the Word, we'll have some food and some fellowship. Uh, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about, we're going to start talking about today, we're going to start talking about a portrait of the church. We're going to start going through the book of Acts and what the church looks like. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk about a portrait of of the church in our cornerstones class starting today at 2 p.m. that's at my house if you need the address please see me um, after service and we can get that to you we'd love for you to join us at 2 p.m. but just let me know so we can make sure we got enough food amen also tonight uh, Spanish service at 6 p.m. we also have a youth fellowship tonight at the Acacio home um, and so I know our young people are looking forward to that that starts at 6 p.m. as well the ushers are coming as they come, let me remind you, starting Friday night, we have revival services this weekend as well with Brother Galen and Sister Ann Thompson, who Brother Galen Thompson is the uh, North American Missions Director of Training. Um, and so he is residing in St. Louis right now and uh, just a wonderful teacher, a wonderful preacher, excellent man of God, very, very sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and we are looking forward to him and Sister Thompson coming. They'll be preaching Friday night, Sunday morning, Saturday morning will be a district prayer meeting at 8 a.m. It's going to be right here at our church, and then at 9 a.m. will be our leadership training. So all of our leaders, please be here. Uh, 9 a.m. We'll wrap that up about 1 p.m. Uh, this week uh, on Saturday. Again, the leadership training is on Saturday, and we have a service on Friday night. And 
Sunday morning and then Sunday night special men's and ladies sessions when we would normally be having our fellowship classes or something else Sunday night they'll be teaching the men and teaching the ladies and we're looking forward to that would you stand with us <clears throat> excuse me I don't know what's something stuck in my throat here but stand with us we're going to pray and we're going to ask that you come and give your offering let's come up the side aisles and then go out the middle aisles and back around to your to your seats or to your classes because we'll be dismissing our sunday school classes uh right after the offering as well jesus bless this offering to the upbuilding up and the advancement of your kingdom that's all we care about lord is building and advancing your kingdom it's your church and not ours. And so, Lord, we want to advance and build up what you want to advance and build up. So with this offering that we give, accomplish that mission and that purpose. And I pray, your Lord, that you would bless those who give according to your word in Jesus' name. Would you come? Would you give unto the Lord? And then our classes are dismissed in Jesus' name. Everything changes. Everything changes when your kingdom comes, when your kingdom comes. The earth is shaking, chains are breaking, as your kingdom comes, as your kingdom comes. Everything changes. Everything changes when your kingdom comes, when your kingdom comes. The earth is shaking, heavens are breaking, as your kingdom comes, as your kingdom comes. Mountains have to move, every chain is loosed. God, we declare your kingdom is here. Everyone will see, fall down at your feet. God, we declare your kingdom is here. Mountains have to move, every chain is loose. God, we declare your kingdom is here. Everyone will see, fall down at your feet. God, we declare, your kingdom is here. Everything changes, everything changes when your kingdom comes, when your kingdom comes. The earth is as your kingdom comes, let your kingdom come. One more time. Everything changes. Everything changes when your kingdom comes. When your kingdom comes, the earth is shaking. Chains are breaking as your kingdom comes. Let your kingdom come. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. It is our desire that the kingdom comes. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, Jesus said that that's how we're supposed to pray. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven and my prayer is that every single day lord i can be a part of your kingdom coming and manifesting here on earth i so appreciate my wife and um see, i'm getting all cracked up you see that <laughs> i so appreciate my wife and um i know her i i get a I get an up-close and personal look at her walk with God and her prayer life. And it's amazing to watch as she sits in our prayer room and she's talking to the Lord and then the Lord begins to speak to her. and Just to watch as she responds to the Spirit of the Lord and the voice of the Lord in her personal life. And I've said it over and over again and i'll keep saying that everything we do in ministry everything we do for the kingdom has to flow from our relationship with the king amen and and i can see that happening with her and we so appreciate our first lady amen i appreciate how my help me and having her beside me and she is going to have the task of not only having led worship today but speaking to us and we i know she's heard from the lord so let's stand to our feet let's welcome our first lady into the pulpit and let's welcome god to speak to our hearts through her today love you honey he is good isn't he amen amen my, my left leg is a little sleep <laughs> when you're putting, you know, that much pressure on one side. <laughs> so if you see me limping, I'm just trying to walk this out. Amen. If you would turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 43. It's such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. What a beautiful presence of God and the word that he spoke to us. Amen. He's already spoken to us. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 43, and then we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 26. And when you're there, say amen. 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 And the word of the Lord reads, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. You may be seated. I'm going to continue to read this, the rest of this portion, and then we're going to go into the book of Matthew. Amen. And before I go any further, um, we certainly miss Sister Tryon. Amen. She's not feeling well, and uh, we just send our love to her. And I know she's watching online. We love you so much, and uh, we're praying that you feel better. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, and I like to read it in different translations. I even like to read it in Spanish because to me, Spanish, when you're reading the word, it's, it's more accurate. The words tend to be a little bit more accurate. And 
when the Pharisee is saying this man, he's like this one, like this guy, you know, kind of thinking in his mind, hmm, this guy. So este, dice este. This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched, toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And to me, it's like, you know, this is the king of kings. This is the Lord of lords. And he's saying, este, this guy, in his mind. But he doesn't know that he knows our thoughts, right? <laughs> This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 through 13. Matthew 26, when you're there, say amen. Amen. That's Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? Why did she waste this? What was the purpose of the waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus underst understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever or wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Amen. What a beautiful picture. And the title of my message today is The Alabaster Box Lifestyle. The Alabaster Box Lifestyle. Last year, and I apologize ahead of time, but I feel like I had to tell this story. I don't, get very, I don't get choked up about it very often when I speak of it, but sometimes it just hits you. Um, last year in January of 2021, my mother was growing worse. 
As you know, she passed away in May of last year. Very young. She was only 60, 65, going on 66. And she was, by that time, on an oxygen tank, barely able to move, only able to move for certain things, um, such as having a sponge bath. And during the weekends, the nurse wasn't there. She was off. She had the weekends off. So even though it was emotionally challenging for me to do it, it was a great privilege for me to help bathe her. I remember being in her room, putting on her favorite lotion on her called You're the One. <laughs> I think it was a new fragrance that Bath and Body Works came out with for Valentine's Day. And the aroma of the lotion was beautiful, yet very, very strong. So strong that the smell permeated the whole house. I remember putting the cream on her legs as she was sitting one foot at a time. And as I put that lotion on her feet, I would pray over her. And I would bless her for being such a blessing to me. All the wonderful counsel that she gave me for being such a wonderful mother, for her love, for her care, for the woman that she was, she was an amazing pastor's wife, a wife. She was just an amazing woman. What an amazing example. And I just took that time. I took my time. I didn't rush it. And I just thank the Lord for giving me such an amazing mother. During that week, Poppy was tasked to go run for an errand. And... Uh, and purchased that same lotion for every girl in the family. That meant all the granddaughters, and my brother has three girls, and, uh, you know, Lucy, myself, my, my sister-in-law, and, uh, and so everybody got a lotion. Everybody got, you're the one. Um, and so the whole house smelled of, <laughs> you're the one. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I remember Lucy taking the, lo the, the lotion home. We all took it home, and she began to use it regularly. She wanted to wear it every single day for, for like five months. She wore that lotion nonstop. Um, she wore the scent out. <laughs> and it got to the point where it was too much for me, the, the memory of it. And... Um, about, I just told her, you know what, honey, let's put something else on. <laughs> let's, let's not wear it out, you know. And uh, about three months ago, I'm going, what is that smell? What is that smell? And sure enough, she took the lotion out again, and she lathered her baby, one of her babies, you know. And it's got long hair, and the hair was covered in you're the one lotion, you know. 
and she's walking around the house with it, you know, and when you put the lotion on, it just stays. It doesn't matter if you wash your hands with soap, it stays. It stays on, and uh, I, just, I just looked at her, and I said, honey, um, that smells really good, but it's really strong. I think we're going to have to bathe your baby, <laughs> you know, um, to remove some of that some of that smell, some of that ointment. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the reality of it was that even though the scent was strong, the memory attached to the scent was stronger. And what we see here is the Lord telling them that this gospel, this gospel of what she did is going to be preached throughout the whole earth, what she did, that scent, that aroma, the beauty of what Mary did. So what I can see is Simon the Pharisee, also known as Simon the leper, and the Lord's disciples, they, they were in his house, in Simon's house, and as she breaks that box open and she starts anointing his head, and anointing his feet. They were all filled with indignation. The Bible says that they were filled with indignation toward this woman and the waste of this precious ointment. Let's put it into perspective in today's terms. Spikenard or nard was very expensive. So expensive that it was the equivalent of a year's wages. Think of it in today's, you know, wages today, what you would get paid, 30, 40, 50, 60, or $70,000 a year. Think about that. That bottle of perfume, that alabaster box that carried the spikener was very expensive. Surely... This perfume, when used, would have been used sparingly. It's not something that you waste. It's something that you dab on. You put a little bit, you know, behind the ears, <laughs> the sweat glands, you know. Uh, you, you learn this. Like my mother, she, was, she knew where to put perfume. Marie, you put it behind the ears. You put it in, your, um, in the bend of your arm, you know. Um, you put it on your wrist and so on and so forth, but you would not put very much because it was costly, a year's wages. Can you imagine putting on forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 worth of perfume on and walking out the door? Like, I smell like a million bucks today, you know? Um, you kind of walk around with a little step, you know, a little, little hype, you know, something special, you know? Um, I wouldn't know. I don't wear, I used to like wearing body sprays, but I love hugging people. I love loving on people. And what ends up happening a lot of the times is their perfumes are transferred onto me. So I've learned, you know what? I'll wear perfume. By the time I'm gone, I'll have perfume on. And I don't mind. I love it. Um, but that's just, imagine, that expensive. You just don't wear, you don't pour it on you. You you dab, use a little bit, like ching-ching, you know, little. 
And here she is. What is she doing? The disciples and Simon are looking at her saying, what a waste. They're filled with, with indignation. But the reason why Mary had poured out this nard onto Jesus was because she experienced, she tasted, and even smelled something more valuable than anything she ever knew. Mary met and had a relationship with the Rose of Sharon. The sweetest fragrance she knew. And she saw an opportunity to match or at least repay some of what he had poured on her. Luke 7, 39 says, Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. Everyone in the house, I can just imagine, that was, that was a spectacle. That was something to see. And all the thoughts, the billion thoughts that were going through each and every one of their minds. It's interesting that Simon, who was a former leper, thought ill of Mary because of her former lifestyle and her ugly past. Matthew Henry puts it this way, though he was cleansed, Yet he was called Simon the leper. Those who are guilty of scandalous sins will find that though the sin be pardoned, the reproach will cleave to them and will hardly be wiped away. We are the ones to reproach people because when God cleanses us, we are truly clean. And all he sees is his blood applied over our lives. He no longer sees the sin, but he sees redemption. Amen? Amen. He doesn't see the sin. He sees redemption. He doesn't see your past. He sees you. He doesn't see the sin. He doesn't see the the mistakes that you made. He doesn't see what you just did a few minutes ago. He doesn't see the thoughts. When you ask him for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And as I've been standing here, I know that some of you are dealing with condemnation. Oh, Jesus. He's not condemning you. God does not condemn you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not filled with indignation. He's not grieved in his spirit. He is not displeased with you. But he is calling out to you today. He is calling out to you. 
Yet Simon the leper looked at Mary, at Mary Magdalene, and looked at her with indignation. <laughs> that word indignation traces back to the Latin, the prefix not and the root dignus, meaning not worthy and angry at something unfair or unjust, meaning outrage. This is outrageous. How dare she? Who does she think she is? And there's going to be people who will be grieved in their spirit over your worship or your praise unto the Lord. But it doesn't matter if they're grieved or not. You did not come to worship or receive the praises of men. You came to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? He is the one that we worship and the one that we need to please. It doesn't matter if so-and-so is looking at me. It doesn't matter what they think, what they say. What matters is what God says. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts. It doesn't say come into Marie's, you know, gates and into Marie's courts with praise and be thankful unto Marie and bless her name. It doesn't say that. It says, come into his gates. This is his house, not my house, not your house. It's his house. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name because he is good. He's good and his mercy endures forever. I don't, I don't worship people. I worship the creator. I worship my heavenly father. I worship the Lord. And he wants to receive our worship. Did he stop Mary from what she was doing? He did not. He allowed her to anoint him. What a sight of opening that bottle and pouring it on his head. It's extravagant worship. $70,000 worth of perfume. And she's saying, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. There is no one else that's worthy but you. See, Simon and the disciples didn't see what she did as worthy. Her extravagant worship of Jesus angered them because she anointed the Lord's head. And then she proceeded to kneel behind him and to wipe his feet with her hair. The message translation, I think it says that the tears just flowed. They were just pouring out. They were thinking, who does this woman think she is to anoint the head of the master? What is she doing wasting that perfume? Does she not know the value? Does she not understand? But I'm here to tell you that she did understand. She did understand. And some of us are worried about what some might think or what if this person sees me worshiping Jesus? Or what if I make a fool out of myself? I don't see David caring. 
his wife looked at him and said, well, didn't you make a spectacle of yourself in front of the handmaidens, removing your royal robe? And he said, I will do it even greater. Because it wasn't for her. It wasn't for other people to see. It was an outward display of his affection for the Lord. And that's what Mary did. Her praise was an outward expression of what she felt on the inside. And we need to get to that place. We need to get to that place where it doesn't matter what is going on around us, what situations we're going through, what trial you're walking through, what valley you are faced with. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. And not just that, it's extravagant worship. He wants extravagant worship. I think we are content. We are content with just a little bit. But he wants it all. We are content with just raising our hands just a little bit. But he wants us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. He says, I don't just want a little bit of you. I want all of you. And the word of God says that worship is comely. Psalm 33, 1 in the Christian Standard Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. The Passion Translation says, It's time to sing and shout for joy. Go ahead, all you redeemed ones. Do it. Praise him with all you have. For praise looks lovely on the lips of God's devoted lovers. The Amplified Classic says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you uncompromisingly. (laughs) Big word. You uncompromisingly righteous, you upright in right standing with God, for praise is becoming inappropriate for those who are upright in heart. It is beautiful. It is becoming. It is appropriate. It is lovely. It is beautiful. It looks beautiful on you when you worship the Lord. As I was playing the piano, I was looking around, and I saw all of your faces as you were worshiping, and it just made me want to jump and shout. It made me cry for joy because it's beautiful when you worship the Lord. It shows your appreciation unto God and your love for the Lord. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for Pastor Brown. You're not doing it for Sister Marlene. You're not doing it for Sister Gladys. You're doing it for the King of Kings. Who cares? Who cares who's around? So what if you had a horrible week? So what if you had a horrible day? And I think that's part of it. We don't want to allow the emotions to come out. Because if they do, then it reveals that somehow something is wrong with me. How about who cares? I'm just going to worship because he's worthy. The only one that needs to know and wants to take care of it is him. And when you worship him, you open up the gateway for him to be able to minister to you. The healing, the ointment that you need, that balm of Gilead. 
And he's here. And he's here to heal, to set free, to deliver. But if we are worried about, well, what if this person finds out what I'm going through or what I did or what happened to me? It doesn't, it does, they don't need to know. The one that needs to know is the Lord. It's comely. It's beautiful. Some of us have held our praise in a bottle. Some of us have just put our praise in a bottle and said, it's too much. It's too costly. It costs me too much. It costs me too much to praise God. If I pour it all out, I can't put it back in. What am I going to have? What is my worth? But the word of God says that he is our exceeding great reward. He is our exceeding great reward. He's the one that holds it all. He's the one that created it all. He's the one that holds your world in his hands. And we can't contain our praise in a bottle. If he holds it all, then we need to pour it all on him. You know, the beauty of the Lord is that whatever we pour on him, he'll give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And it comes from others. It comes from him, but it comes in so many different ways. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And that's not just with money. That's with our praise, with our thanksgiving, with, with coming to the house of the Lord, with work, with everything that we do in our lives. We can't outgive the Lord. The Bible says that we need to do everything unto him. We can't outgive the Lord when we do it to him for his glory and we pour everything unto him or is as unto him. He, he gets all the glory, but he blesses us. And if we are too worried and we keep it bottled up, we're never going to be blessed. We're never going to be blessed. See, Mary was wealthy. To be able to have that kind of perfume, she was wealthy. Yeah, she had a horrible background. How many, how many music artists, movie stars do we see that have all this money, all the wealth, but their lives are in shambles? In the background, they're addicted to cocaine to drugs because the money cannot satisfy. And then you open yourself up to the demonic, which is what happened to Mary Magdalene. Who knows what she was trying to do? She wasn't fulfilled until Jesus came into her life, until Jesus set her free, until he removed the guilt and the shame that she carried. And she said, he's done so much that that bottle... To me, it's not worth anything to me, but it, it's worth everything for him. I will pour it on him. I'll take whatever, whatever I have, the most expensive thing, and I will bless the Lord with it. Amen. 
we got to stop giving the Lord scraps. We got to stop giving the Lord leftovers. You know, the widow, uh, that poor lady, the Samaritan lady, I'm sorry, the Samaritan lady, not, who had the daughter who was demon possessed, the Syrophoenician woman, thank you. She said, even the dogs get the crumbs from under the table. But we are content to give the Lord scraps. We cannot be content giving the Lord scraps. He is the first in everything. He is above everything. My life is built around the Lord. Not around my job, not around my family, not around my friends, not around my agenda. It's around him. What does he say? What does he want me to do? What is his will for my life? And that's what Mary saw. She said, I've tried to do it my way. And that didn't work. So every opportunity that Mary got, she was at the feet of Jesus. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus comes over her house. Martha is cooking. And Martha is getting annoyed. I'm not getting any help. Who's going to help me clean the dishes? Who's going to help me prepare the food? Jesus, you better tell my sister something. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, she has preferred the better thing. Don't you understand what she was delivered from? Don't you understand the pain that she's been through? That stuff is going to take care of itself when we need it. But right now, she needs to sit at my feet. Martha, learn something. Stuff has got to get done, but time with Jesus, that's the most important thing. I'm not going to be with you always. And, and Mary, it's like she knew that. She just wanted to get every single moment that she could with Jesus. When she found out that he was going to be at Simon's house, she made her way there. She made her way there. That wasn't by chance. Our walk with God is not by chance. The Bible says that we need to seek him. We need to seek him. And that we're going to find him if we search for him with all of our heart. That's Jeremiah 29, and I think it's verse 13. I'm so way out of my notes. They're everywhere. And she sought him out. She wasn't just saying, oh, oh, he's going to be there? No, she was asking, where is the master going to be at? Where is he going to be at? Because I want to be where he's at. I want to give him praise. I want to give him honor. I want to worship him. I need to find out where he is. So she sought him out. We can't do this walk haphazardly. Psalm 23, 5 and 6. Thou preparest the table before me. In the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. 
surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The enemy will do anything he can to steal your joy, to steal your worship from you. He doesn't want you to lavish your praise on the Lord, and he is going to try to steal it any way that he can, through depression, through oppression, fault with your brother, with your sister, the cares of this world, a fight within your family, a spouse, a tiff with your child, a bad attitude, or whatever the circumstance, the enemy is going to try to get you to, to not worship the Lord. And that's when we need to worship him the most. And we've got to get to a place where we're not worshiping the Lord based on our circumstances. But we're worshiping him based on who he is. Because he is good. We depend so much on worshiping him if, if we're doing good, if we have a good day. Well, what if you're having a bad day? What if you got fired? What if you were let go? What if your, your son or someone passed away? God forbid. What are you going to do? You can't just worship him when things are good. What actually tends on happening is that we worship him when things are good. Uh, when, I'm sorry, when things are bad. When things are bad, we start seeking after God. You know, oh, Jesus, I need you now. I need you to take care of the situation now. But when things get good, we back off. I, I can put that ointment away. I don't have to worship him as much because I don't need him as much. And that's where Simon was. That's why Jesus said what he said to Simon. He said there were two people who were in debt. One owed more and the other owed very little. And he gave the amount and he said they were both in debt. And the collector came to get that debt, but they didn't have it. They didn't have it with them to pay it. They couldn't pay it. So what did the debtor do, the collector do? The collector. He forgave them both. But he asked Simon the question, who loves him more? Well, the one that owed him more. You judge rightly. Are we, and we should praise him because he, he's worthy of it all and he's cleansed us from so much. But are we just worshiping him based on how much he's forgiven us? Mind you, when you think about it, when you truly think about it, everything that he went through on Calvary, to give me redemption should be enough for me to jump on my feet, for me to wave my hands, for me to jump and shout, for me to run the aisles, to do whatever I can to say thank you because I have life. I could be dead. I could be in hell right now. I could be out there on drugs, on alcohol. I could be doing all kinds of things, but you saved me. And now today I'm in the house of the Lord worshiping you. We have a reason to worship the Lord. For the, 
for the past month and a half, the Lord has been saying, I want extravagant worship. I want extravagant worship. I want extravagant worship. I said, okay, Jesus, whatever you want. And I'm still trying to figure out what else do you want me to do? I will do it. Whatever you want me to do, I will make a fool out of myself. I don't care. I will jump if I have to. I will shout if I have to. I will run around the church. I will speak to whomever I need to speak to. I will witness, but I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. He is worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. And I see Mary Magdalene, and I see my life, and I have not been delivered from from demons, but boy, have I been delivered from so much. The Lord has healed me from mental abuse, from depression, from sexual abuse. He has delivered me from you name it. You see me up here today, and you would say, Sister Marie, really? Yes. So if you see me worshiping God extravagantly, Go right ahead and join me because he's done so much for you. He has delivered you from so much. Oh, my husband sent me a video this uh, yesterday of a, a friend of mine that I grew up with here in our district. He was leading in worship. He had backslidden for so many years. A pastor's son. Oh, we used to talk all the time, you know, before text messages. We sent letters to each other, you know, snail mail. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? Blah, 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 you know. We just did everything together. We hung out at district events, at camp. We saw each other all the time. And he was backslidden for so many years. He would come and visit. He would be at church sometimes. And then I saw him up there. He's been coming regularly for almost a year. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. I started weeping. I started crying in my prayer room at home, and I said, thank you, Lord, you brought one back home. A prodigal has come home. A prodigal has come home. And he was giving him all the worship and all the praise. The Lord has restored him. It doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life, how ugly your past is. He can redeem it. And then he wants you to worship him extravagantly. I know where I came from. I know my past. He knows my past. I shouldn't be back here. I shouldn't have the microphone. But he said, I love you. You're mine. You're my child. Take off those old rags. Here's a new coat. Here's a ring. You slaughtered the fat calf. Here we are. Oh. And when we read Psalm 23, verses 5 and 6, 
This is the picture of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ. It's like she's saying to herself, Lord, you saved me from a lifestyle of pain and horror. I was bound by seven demons. Yet you set me free and you gave me liberty. You poured that oil of joy over my life when you saved me. So I can't help but repay you with all of my life and my life savings, with my love, with my adoration, with my thanksgiving. And Mary anoints Jesus as he anointed her when he delivered her. Here she is, worshiping the Lord. We need to get to where we want to pour it all on him. It doesn't matter who's watching. It doesn't matter what other people think because they are going to have an opinion. Look at Mary. Everyone in that room <coughs> had an opinion. Some kept it in their minds like Simon but his disciples spoke it out loud. <clears throat> and she didn't care. The only opinion that matters concerning my worship is Jesus. <sighs> I know the worth of the alabaster box. And I'll gladly pour it over and over and over again on my Savior without shame or hesitation. The disciples knew the value of the alabaster box from a numerical standpoint. They knew what it could do for the poor. They knew what it could do for the kingdom. After all, Jesus and his disciples didn't really have a place to lay their heads. <laughs> they were always camping staying at people's houses. And he even told someone, you, you sure you want to follow me? Because I don't have a place to lay my head. Foxes have dens. I don't. Are you sure you're willing to follow me? And so here they are. They know the worth of, of the content of that box. from a worldly standpoint. And they thought, well, that's only, you only use that for certain things. And if you're using it, why aren't you selling it? So we could feed all these poor people. I mean, $70,000 worth. We can feed an army. We can take care of some people. We can buy some clothes. We can buy some shoes, help them out with some rent pay some utility bills, right? What are you doing, Mary? What are you doing, Mary? But God wants extravagant praise every single day. God is intentional about everything he does for us. He's so intentional that he works his way back from your future to your current present, from your, you know, all the way in there. Already got it figured out. You are not an afterthought to Jesus, but a forethought. That's right. 
even when he feels distant to us and silent, he is ever near. He is a present help. We tend to offer God worship when we experience emotional highs during worship service or during altar calls. And sometimes we think that we need to feel goosebumps or we need to feel his presence before we reciprocate the feelings back to him. But church, he already paid it all. He paid the ultimate price for our salvation. Therefore, I must offer my best every day to him. Tomorrow is not an off day. That's what we need to get out of our minds. And that's what the word, what the word, what the Lord said earlier. Don't regress. Did we hear the word? Don't regress. Don't regress in your walk with God. He loves you and he has given everything that you need. Move ahead. Don't take days off. He doesn't take a day off of putting uh, air in your lungs. He doesn't take a day off making the sun come out, making the stars shine. He doesn't take a day off because he loves you. I cannot take days off. I need to be faithful because he is faithful. We sang it earlier. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And that is the alabaster box lifestyle that Mary brought to Jesus. It didn't happen in just one moment. It wasn't something that Mary just said, oh, I think this is cute. I'll just go and get my most expensive bottle of of perfume and pour it on him. No, she methodically thought about this. She was already worshiping him. She was in relationship with the Lord. Day in and day out, worshiping him, loving on him. And so it wasn't an afterthought. That was, I need to show him how much I really love him. We can't live Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday to Sunday, or from live stream to live stream. Can you imagine if, if uh, Mary lived in our day today? What would she think? Man, these people got it good. Air conditioning, cushioned chairs, beautiful building. <laughs> and... We need to make it to church, people. We need to love on one another. We can't survive without one another. We've got to pour our best on the Lord. We've got to put our best on the Lord. God has giftings and callings for each and every one of us. And he wants us to to do his will, to operate in his will. Sundays, we come and we pour our praise on him. We pour our praise on him and we help each other out. We minister to one another. There's something that I see in scripture and it's, I only find two examples in the Bible where 
people receive their ministry or their calling publicly. And that was Elijah to Elisha when he called him out, when he was plowing, and he threw his mantle on him. And the second one was Paul, and that was an abrupt stop. You're going the wrong way. That's not what I have for you. My plans for you are different. But callings and giftings are given in private. And I think a lot of the times we want to come to church and receive a calling here on the altar. We want to receive a gifting here at the altar. But that happens in your private closet, in your prayer closet at home. You find out the will of God for your life at home, in your private time with God. Can it happen in public? Absolutely. Should it happen? Yes. But it needs to happen at home. That's, that's where you get it. And we see that example over and over again in the word of God. Samuel, God called him in the middle of the night when he was sleeping. Mary, an angel appeared unto her. Uh, An angel appeared unto Joseph while he was sleeping. An angel appeared unto Zechariah about Elizabeth, you know, becoming pregnant and having John the Baptist. An angel appeared unto Manoah's wife who had Samson. An angel appeared to Jacob. An angel appeared to Gideon. An angel appeared to Cornelius. All these were private encounters because they had private devotion with God. Private devotion with God. Mary had a private devotion with God. In that alabaster box, worship that she gave him was an outward expression of what she was already doing privately. God has a gifting and a calling for each and every one of you. But we've got to get into that private place, that secret place with him. We are living in the last days. We cannot afford to play church. We cannot afford to do church as usual. I'm sick and tired of church as usual. And that's why when I come, I try to give him my all, even when I don't feel like it. Because he's still worthy of it all. He's still worthy of it all. Acts 1.8 says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me. What does that mean? That is an outward expression of my inward commitment and my devotion to the Lord. I can't be a witness if he hasn't done anything for me. And if he's done something for me, then I'm expected to witness to someone about the goodness of God in my life. When I walk down the street, when I go to a grocery store, people should be able to smell the anointing because he's living inside of me. That scent, that beauty, that nard, they should be able to smell that because he's living inside of me. Amen. Let's all stand. Matthew 26, 13. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial of her. This gospel of extravagant worship shall be preached throughout the whole world. 
My salvation should produce an outward expression of adoration. My salvation should produce an outward expression of adoration. When we have been forgiven much, much will be given back in worship and thanksgiving to the Lord. We're going to want to share this because God has been so good to us not to share. There is nothing more life-giving than living out whom we are created to be, and that is to be an extravagant worshiper. If you're still trying to figure out, what is it that you want me to do, Jesus? You're learning. You're seeking his face. You're wanting more of God, but you're not sure exactly what to do. Be an extravagant worshiper. Be an extravagant worshiper. And God will show you. You can never go wrong. I don't know how many times I've been in situations where, man, I felt like losing it. I was falling apart in my bed in a fetal position, (laughs) crying. And I just started praying in tongues and then saying, thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Through the storm, through the trials, through the tribulations, you are still good. You are worthy of it all. Mary knew she didn't have much time with Jesus. And she said, I need to do something. He is about to be crucified. I need to do something to bless him, something that will make him know how much I love him, something that will mark him, that will say, I love you. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Oh, she didn't care who was in the room as long as he was there. You've put me in my right mind, so I will anoint you, Jesus. You delivered me, so I am going to worship you. I will cry. I will cry every tear that I can, and I will wash your feet because your feet are precious. You didn't have to come to me. You didn't have to deliver me, but you did because you love me. Because you love me. I am not an afterthought to you. He's worthy of everything. I can't bottle this up, people. We can't bottle this up. We can't bottle up our worship. We can't bottle up our worship. How is the world supposed to know that he's delivered us if we're not worshiping him? If we're not testifying of his goodness? If there is a sour look in our face? How are they supposed to know that we have the hope? 
I will gladly pour it. I will gladly pour it. There are so many people that are hurting. So many that are hurting. Oh, there was a, a gentleman that that was next to us yesterday at the store. He was trying extra hard to be his flamboyant self. And he looked at us, a family of six, husband, wife, and he was, ow, you know. And I just looked at him and I just smiled. I didn't look down. I wasn't filled with indignation. I wasn't, oh, who is this person? Why are they behaving that way? No. What if they're acting that way because they're hurting and they don't know who they are? They're having an identity crisis. They don't need us looking down at them. They need to feel the love of Jesus. At work, wherever. The person at the register, when was the last time you asked, how are you doing? Pour your love. Pour the love of Jesus upon them. Say, Lord, I will pour it right here, right now, when your work, your co-worker is being the devil towards you. Oh, Jesus, I will pour my love. I will pour my love on you. I will do it even now. I've got that hope. You've got that hope. And if for some reason you feel I, I don't have it all together, I, I just... I just don't know if I can do this. God loves you exactly where you are right now in the sense that he loves you for who you are. He will take care of changing you. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. He will do it. He will tell you what needs working on. But he just wants you. He wants all of you. This altar is open. He wants everything that you have to offer to him today. Don't be shy about your love for him. He's worthy of it all. Let's pour our love on Jesus today.
Like one. 
lavish mind on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. I pour my love on you. If praises I perfume, I lavish my
yours was. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so Jesus. I'm so thankful for his faithfulness and for his goodness. Amen. Leaving today challenged to make sure that every day I'm pouring all my praise on him. Amen. I don't want to withhold anything. I don't want to hold anything back, keep anything back. I want to offer all my praise and all my worship unto him every day. 
The beautiful thing is, as Sister Marie said, that when I empty myself of me and when I empty myself of whatever's inside, He fills me with more and more of Him. Amen. Amen. There's a never-ending supply for out of the bellies of those that believe Him will flow rivers of living water. Amen. And we're so grateful for those rivers of living water. Amen. Amen. Don't forget Spanish service tonight at 6 o'clock and youth fellowship tonight at 6 o'clock and Cornerstones is at 2 o'clock at my house if you would like to join us to learn more about what we believe to help you grow in your walk with the Lord then feel free uh, to join us if you need to know where we live just see me after church the most important announcement I have right now is that we are doing a baptism here in just a little bit junior is getting baptized after service he received the Holy Ghost at camp and we're excited uh, that we're going to baptize him in Jesus' name in just a little bit. So right after we dismiss, I'm going to stand out there and greet you for a little bit. But then I'm going to try to run over there and get ready. And we're going to make sure that Franklin's got everything he needs. And, and we're going to be baptizing him in the classroom that's on your right on the way out. And so if anybody wants to join us, that's okay. If anybody would like to join us for that, then you can come in the room there for that. What a joyous occasion it is. When souls are born into the kingdom, amen, amen, it's so awesome and so we're grateful. And if anybody else needs to be baptized in Jesus' name and you hadn't let us know, we got a robe for you too, we can make that happen too. Amen, God bless you, you are dismissed in Jesus' name.